Hello friends, welcome to the ATC Double Cut. My name is Micah Woods and I am in Japan at the moment. Yesterday I was at the midterm board meeting. Uh, it's a multi-day meeting. I attended day one, a midterm board meeting of the International Turfgrass Society. And it's pretty exciting. In July 2025, there will be a big international turf grass conference in Japan in Karuizawa, which is in Nagano Prefecture, about an hour on the bullet train from Tokyo. I am planning the Zoysia Grass Symposium that will be held on July 16th of 2025. And I know this is going to be a wonderful conference. I'm really excited about it. Um, and if you're listening to this, you're probably interested in turfgrass management and in turfgrass science. And if you've ever wanted a good reason to take a trip to Japan, just keep uh, July 11th to July 16th, 2025 on your calendar and stay tuned to hear more about this conference that's put on by the International Turfgrass Society. Uh, it, it will be the International Turfgrass Research Conference in Karuizawa, Nagano, Japan, in July of 2025. I attended. Uh, I've attended two of these. I attended in 2005 in Wales, and that was a wonderful conference. And I attended the 2021 conference, which was delayed to 2022 for travel reasons. Uh, last, So it was last July in Copenhagen, Denmark, and that was a wonderful conference. And in 2025 in Copenhagen, for the very first time at this conference, there was a full day practitioner seminar. So what that means is not only for turfgrass scientists, but the conference also had an entire day with information and seminars and presentations that were geared towards practical use of this cutting edge scientific turf grass research. So it was really good. And that was standing room only. And I expect in Japan that this is going to be a great conference with another great practitioner seminar. That was such a big success in Copenhagen that that is going to be repeated again in July of 2025. So this is a conference that has turfgrass scientists from all around the world, people from the turfgrass industry all around the world, but it also can have people who take care of grass attend the conference. So I think this is really attractive because Japan is a very popular tourist destination and Japan is just a fascinating country when it comes to turf grass and when it comes to golf. Now, I've been in Japan for the past week visiting golf courses, and I want to talk about a blog post that I've put up. It's on my website at asianturfgrass.com, and you will find a direct link to this post in the show notes. The, the blog post that I want to show is titled four numbers about golf course maintenance in Japan. And I've summarized some of the things that I've seen and the, the numbers of the courses that I've visited in the past week. And I think this is very interesting for people who haven't had a chance to 
visit golf courses in Japan or study turf grass in Japan, it's, it's really interesting to learn. And a lot of people are surprised when they learn just how big the golf course industry is in Japan. And of course, that's uh, a big part of the turf grass industry in Japan. So I'm going to, I'm, I, I picked four numbers that I think are, are interesting. And I'm going to talk about those a little bit, maybe talk about one more blog post that, that shows some interesting equipment and talks about a particular multi-course facility in Japan that has, I think, 108 holes. But uh, anyway, this blog post, there will be a direct link to it in the show notes. And I, I started it off by saying from July 3rd to July 10th, I visited 11 golf facilities in Japan. And so, so for the past week, I was traveling around Japan visiting golf courses, and I ask some of the same questions at every course because it helps me to understand what the greenkeeper is dealing with. Golf course superintendents in Japan are called greenkeepers. And in fact, the very first course I visited, uh, I, I got to re ride on a sulky, which it, it, I put a picture in the blog post. So if you're listening to this, uh, stay tuned for a a video on my YouTube channel where I will show this sulky that goes behind a walking greens mower, behind a pedestrian greens mower. I will show that in in action. I was a golf course superintendent or greenkeeper in Japan 23 years ago, and I used we had a of not not a huge staff, so sometimes I would mow greens, and I would go around the course on. Uh, riding in this sulky so it attaches to the walking greens mower and you just drive around so it's, it's like the greens mower is the horse and you're sitting in the sulky it's it's uh it's it's pretty cool it's fun you don't see those so much anymore what you tend to see is k trucks which are small uh pickup trucks or small utility vehicles and in japan instead of pulling the pedestrian mowers on a trailer it is common to use a k truck put some wooden ramps at the back of the K truck bed and then drive the, uh, the mower up on and have it in the bed. You'll find some videos on my website that show that. So it was really cool to visit a classic course, Ibaraki golf club, a 36 hole facility that has a lot of those sulkies and to find out that the greens mowing staff do go out and use that machine uh, pretty regularly. Use that method of transport pretty regularly. So uh, let's talk a little bit about just how big the golf course industry is in Japan, just how many golf courses there are in Japan. The number that you'll often hear for golf courses in Japan is 2,400. And that was the number of golf facilities at the peak, which would have been in the mid 1990s so after the japanese economic bubble there really weren't so many golf courses that opened after about 1995 so the peak number of facilities was somewhere around 2400 maybe maybe a little bit more than that and then over the past 25 years there have been some closures and i think the number of facilities now is officially about 2100 or maybe a little bit more than that but actually, there's more 18-hole equivalent golf courses than that because in Japan, 
there are a lot of multi-course facilities. And one of the reasons for that is because there was so much demand for golf at the time that the economy was really booming and golf was, uh, when, when it, when it actually was difficult to get a tea time in Japan, which was back in the 1980s, late, late 1980s, perhaps early 1990s, it would have been hard to get a tea time in Japan. And at those times, if you had a 27 hole facility or a 36 hole facility, you could run more tea times simultaneously because you can have a two tea start or even a three T start. You could have people teeing off each of the nines and then you just kind of switch them around as they, as they come through and make the turn. And of course in Japan, it's well known that most golf courses involve stopping for lunch. So you, you stop for lunch and that allows the switch of, uh, of nines as, as you go around. So you, you get a tee time for your first nine holes and you get another tee time for your second nine holes. And you find out about that tee time for your second nine holes after you finish, uh, your first nine and you're going in to have lunch and then they'll tell you, okay, you're, you're starting in 42 minutes, uh, from now at the next, uh, at, at whatever next nine you're playing. So those multi-course facilities are able to run through a lot of golfers all at once. So anyway, I was looking for some data on this and, and the most recent data I could find was the RNA's golf around the world report from 2019. Now, I haven't seen a more recent one. There may be one. They, they had been doing these every two years, so I may be a couple years behind. But as of 2019, Japan was listed as having 45,684 golf holes. So that works out on 18-hole equivalents to be 2,538 18 hole equivalents. So that is a lot of golf. And to put that into context, comparing to some countries that you may be familiar with, like England and Scotland combined, England and Scotland combined have 40,041 golf holes. So Japan has uh, more than 5,600 more golf holes than England and Scotland combined. In fact, to express how much golf there is in Japan, you can combine England, which is a big golfing country, Scotland, which is a big golfing country, and New Zealand, which on a population-adjusted basis is a very big golfing country. There's a lot of golf in New Zealand. So you combine New Zealand, England, and Scotland, the home of golf, and you get about the same number of golf holes as you find in the country of Japan. So Japan's got 45,684 golf holes. And in all those countries combined, England, Scotland, New Zealand, it's 45,855. Very, very similar. So I, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool to find out just how much golf there is in Japan. And I'm often reminded of it. I'm often reminded of it every time I visit a golf course that I've never been to before. And I've been working. Remember, I mentioned that I was a greenkeeper in Japan 23 years ago. So I lived in Japan for a year. And then after I finished my 
PhD research at Cornell University, I started the Asian Turfgrass Center, and that was back in 2006. And so since 2006, I've been coming to Japan uh, a lot. Um, sometimes it's about what I mean, it had been about once a month, and then it was about six times a year, and then sometimes it's eight times a year. And yeah, I, I, I'd spend two or three months a year in Japan, sometimes spend four or five months of a year in Japan. And a lot of that time involves visiting golf courses. And so, so I think, you know, over the years, I've visited hundreds of golf courses in Japan, and I keep thinking, okay, you know, there, there must be not so many courses uh, that I'm visiting for the first time. And yet, uh, it, it's fun for me to go on these kind of trips like I, I was on the last week. I, I visited one, two, I visited 11 facilities, and I think one, two, three, three of... The, Four of them, four of them I visited for the very first time. So when I visit golf courses for the first time, I'm just reminded of, wow, there's a lot more for me to see and learn here. Anyway, one of the courses that I did visit for the first time was in Nagano Prefecture, which is a in central Japan. And I put a picture there that I took from one of the greens on this. This is uh, the second green on one of the nines from uh, this again, a multi-course facility. This is a 27 hole facility at Matsumoto Asama country club. And in the background, if you look carefully on the left side of the picture, you can see some mountains in the distance. Those are the Northern Japan Alps, which are kind of a backdrop to the city of Matsumoto in Nagano. And those are, um, mountains that go up to around 3000 meters in elevation. And there's still snow on them in early July. There's still some snow up at the peaks of those mountains in early July. So that, that was a course that I visited for the first time. And that was a beautiful, beautiful place to visit. So we'll get right to the meat, to the heart of this particular blog post that I'm giving the double cut treatment, the number of holes. So I, I summarized what I visited because I asked the greenkeepers at each golf course, how many holes or, or, I mean, you just kind of know I'm visiting this golf course and you, you check it out and say, is this a 18 hole facility, a 27 hole facility, a 36 hole facility? What are we visiting today? And uh, on, on this trip, because it was so, I was visiting a lot of places that were far from major cities. It was kind of out in some, some more rural parts of Japan or, or parts of Japan that are away from Tokyo, Osaka, Nagoya, uh, Fukuoka. So this past week I visited a disproportionate number of multi-course facilities and of the 11 facilities that I visited, the mean number of holes, the average number of holes was 30.3. The median was 36. So I visited a lot of 36-hole facilities over the past week. Now, this is interesting for, for greenkeepers to think about how many resources are available to take care of these 36 hole facilities or these multi-course facilities. So I adjusted the number of staff to a per 18 holes basis. 
the total number of staff and and I so I asked the greenkeepers how many full and part-time staff including mechanics including the the greenkeeper uh, I said everybody how many how many people do you have working in total even the part-time staff so it, it's not as high as it would be in the USA on average I don't think and I'm interested how this number seems to you so on an 18-hole basis, the uh, let's see the mean number of staff. So so the just the absolute average per 18 holes was 9.5 people. The median number of staff was 10. So so t- the median number of staff on the courses I visited was 10 people per 18 holes, and the lowest was six people. To maintain 18 holes, the highest was 21.5 people to maintain 18 holes. That includes full-time, part-time management, uh, equipment manager, all of that. So it's it's certainly, uh, you know, it's not impossible. It's just hard work, I think. When you've got a big golf course and and you've got a, a lot of area to take care of and, and not so many people. Um, but I know that there's a lot of people in the world that are maintaining golf courses with fewer staff than that. But I think compared to a lot of the places in the USA, this number might seem a little bit low. And I think probably for, for turf managers in New Zealand, uh, that number might seem perhaps a little bit high or, or ample. But keep in mind, this is, uh, mm, I don't know. Golf courses in Japan seem hard to maintain to me because uh, they're sometimes in the mountain. If if they're down on flat land, anywhere close to a major city, then they're they're gonna um, they're gonna be a pretty high end golf course, and that they need to be maintained in pretty immaculate condition. So there's a lot of pressure. So th- those kind of courses will tend to have a little bit more staff, but then as you move away from the major population areas, then you get into some pretty rugged terrain that uh, it can be inefficient and difficult to maintain the golf courses in in those areas because they're up in the mountains. Um, and then, let's see, another question I, I asked that I'm very interested in is the annual nitrogen rate for creeping bent grass green. So all of these courses had bent grass green. Some of them also had some zoysia greens uh, but not so much um, and and that's another topic you can read about on the blog but all of these courses had at least uh, one course with bent grass green so I asked what the annual nitrogen rate is which is a common question for me to ask because the amount of nitrogen kind of controls how much the grass is going to grow and then it has an impact on thatch how much sand top dressing will be required how much coring would be required and and that kind of thing. And when I asked about that, uh, the average was 10.8 grams per meter squared, and the medium was 11. So that is 110 kilograms per hectare, and that is 2.2 pounds of nitrogen per thousand square feet. So that puts that number into context for pretty much every unit that you might be familiar with, no matter where you are in the world. And these, these places, uh, 
some of them have like a nine or 10 month growing season and uh, two months of the year covered in snow. And a few of these places had a 12 month growing, not growing season, but a 12 month season when the course is open. Um, it, it still gets cold enough in the winter that the grass doesn't really grow very much. So this for me is typical for this particular climate. As you change, if, if you go to colder places, you might use less. If you go to warmer places, the grass might use a little bit more. So um, I used to think this wasn't enough, but then my eyes told me that it is because I observed what the golf courses look like and there was plenty. I mean, the, the grass conditions were good enough that... Um, the grass conditions were good enough that it became clear to me that this rate of nitrogen was sufficient. <coughs> and so uh, I, I wrote a blog post about that recently. I have a ATC double cut episode all about that topic. And I put a link to that in the, in the post. Um, I said, I, I wrote about normal annual nitrogen rates. Am I thinking about that in this post? And then there's a link to that. So I'll, uh, I'll encourage you to go to the post that I'm talking about today. And if you're interested in that, go ahead and click through to read about my thinking about annual nitrogen rates because it's lower than the textbook amounts. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of people around the world who are realizing that you can get plenty of growth with a moderate amount of nitrogen with what seems uh, would have seemed some years ago as perhaps starving the grass, but you're clearly not starving the grass if you're growing it at a suitable rate. So clipping volume, keeping track of how much the grass is growing can be really useful in that, that regard. Uh, so instead of applying nitrogen based on a textbook rate, you can apply nitrogen based on how much the grass is actually growing and how much you want it to grow. And then another question I ask is the number of rounds, because uh, if you have a lot of rounds, then you're going to have a lot of revenue and you might have more resources available to be able to do the work. And I'm just kind of interested in that. How much traffic is there? How difficult is it to do the work? If, if the course is packed with golfers, then it would be a struggle sometimes to be able to do the work. Well, the median number of annual rounds for these courses expressed on an 18, on a per 18 hole basis was 26,667. The mean was 27,963. So these are between 25,000 and 30,000. And I'm saying this is relatively low for Japan. And the two reasons that I give for this being low for Japan is because these courses are primarily in mountainous or snowy regions. I mentioned that they were um, open about nine or 10 months out of the year for the most part. There were a couple I visited that are open year round, but um, most of those courses, more than half of them are closed for the winter months when the course is covered in snow. And then um, 
also because they're in snowy areas they're they're far from major population centers so you just don't have the demand for golf you don't have so many people like you would in tokyo which is the world's largest metropolitan area or um, you know osaka is big nagoya is big fukuoka is big sapporo's got a lot of people so um, w when you get farther away from these large population centers you tend to see the rounds go down a little bit so I'm I'm still in Japan and I'm going to be visiting a lot more golf courses over the next upcoming week and the courses that I'm visiting in the upcoming week are more in the Tokyo Osaka Fukuoka corridor and and I'm going to be interested in how the numbers compare when I when I check what the rounds are the number of staff the annual nitrogen rates and uh and and so on um i i may update this blog post or write another one and uh come back and tell you in a week or two what i find and see if my um if my reasoning is correct so that uh that is the post that kind of gives uh, a summary of the last week with some some interesting numbers about what might be different about golf course maintenance in japan compared to where you are or some things that might just be interesting or that might be the same about golf course maintenance where you are. So that, uh, that is this post. I, I'm going to look up one more, which is about a golf course. Well, it's about a trip I took some years ago where I also noted that there were uh, some multi-course facilities in Japan. I, that post, which I'll put a direct link to in the show notes, that post has a title, Rolling Multi-Course Facilities in Japan and the Best Zoysia Course in the World. That was a fun post for me, which I wrote. Uh, that was also a one-week report, and that was on a long trip to Japan. That was back in... June of 2012, I think, maybe late May, early June of 2012. And one of the interesting things that I noted on that trip was a cool kind of roller. Now, you are probably familiar with uh, lightweight rollers, but they tend not to be uh, self-propelled. Although, is it Salsco that made one recently that is self-propelled? Uh, I think they did. Anyway, I... Uh, there's a there's a, a mower that you can sorry a roller that you would sometimes see in Japan that was made by Asahi I think I, I don't think they're in business anymore I've got some videos of this from my YouTube channel and this roller goes across the green and it's you know one of those side to side rollers and just like a, a you know a true turf roller or a Toro roller or that kind of thing and the interesting thing is it has a hydraulic drive system so you can then uh, put the wheels down and it it's like putting the landing gear down if the landing gear could lift up an airplane well in this case you're putting down the the landing gear on the roller and that lifts the roller off the ground and so if you're interested in seeing how this works listening to this as a podcast, you can click through to the link and you can see how when you push those, you know, when you put the landing gear down, it lifts the roll. 
roller up and then you just drive the roller to the next grid. So that, uh, that's a pretty cool machine. And you can see all kinds of cool machines when you go to the golf course maintenance yards in Japan. And I think that Sulky that I showed the picture of earlier, uh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, I just, I enjoy mowing greens and being able to uh, ride the greens mower. So you're just being pulled behind the greens mower in a Sulky uh, is it's always been fun for me. It's, it's more fun than pulling the mower with a, uh, in a cart behind a utility vehicle. And it's more fun than walking around. I, I love walking around, but being able to <laughs> sit in a sulky behind the cart, it's just so unique. And, and I thought that was really fun. So, uh, in that post, uh, so I'm, I'm just going through this one real quick. I, I really just wanted to show those roller videos. But during that week, I visited five clubs, but actually went to 15 courses, right? Five clubs, but 15 courses. So that was, that was a massive multi-course uh, facility visit uh, or, or week. Because if we counted them in 18-hole equivalents, it's, it's 15 courses. Because I visited one 36-hole club, one 54-hole club, one 36-hole club, one 18-hole club, and a 126-hole club. Not 108 holes. I, I mentioned 108 holes earlier. This club actually has 126 holes. And it's in Karuizawa where the International Turfgrass Research Conference will be held in July of 2025. So if you want to go to Japan, maybe you want to play some golf too, or if you want to see a 126-hole facility, you can see that in Karuizawa. So I, I put a picture of that. The, the course has a, a misleading name. It's called the Karuizawa 72 Golf Club which would imply that it has four 18-hole courses. But if you actually uh, look at how many courses they have, count it all up, there's 126. I think 108 of them might be public, and I think 18 one of the 18 holes might be uh, more more of a members type course. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of uh, courses. And then also in this blog post, I mentioned the best Zoysia course in the world. That, of course, is the Fuji course at the Kawana Hotel. So I put a few pictures. Uh, I put a few pictures of that course in there. And that is a course that was designed by C.H. Allison. And he uh, made a trip to Japan in the early 1930s and designed this course. And it is just stunning. It's on some beautiful land. And I put a picture of me with Mr. Honke, who's the former greenkeeper there at the Kuwana Golf Club. And I, so I say it's the best Zoysia course in the world. And by that, I mean it's the best all Zoysia course in the world. Zoysia Tees, Zoysia Fairways, Zoysia Rough, Zoysia Greens. And it's it's often ranked about number 45 or 50 on the world top 100 ranking and that was that's a course that's very photogenic so you can check that out and also if you come to japan for the conference you may want to go play that golf course and see what zoysia greens are like and see what uh, uh see what one of the best golf courses in japan looks like okay 
Um, I will stop sharing that screen and come back to just me. And I, I, I think you can probably tell that I'm a little bit excited about the upcoming conference. And I think golf in Japan is pretty cool. And I think golf course maintenance in Japan is pretty cool. Golf course maintenance anywhere in the world is really interesting. Turf grass management anywhere in the world is really interesting. And because of Japan's climate and because of just the, the density of, of golf courses, um, the, the, I, I was looking at Ireland. Um, Ireland, if if you look at Scotland, England, excuse me, Scotland, England, and Ireland together, they've got uh, maybe two thousand more golf holes, not courses, but but something like two thousand more golf holes than uh, Japan. So it, it's still like within five percent. So they've only got like that. Ireland is a major golfing country also with all kinds of golf courses. And that, so if you add Ireland, England, and Scotland, they'll have like 5% more golf holes than Japan does. But if we use New Zealand instead of Ireland, then we are, are pretty much equivalent. Um, that, that's a lot of golf courses. And uh, I know when I travel in England or in Scotland, or if, or last year I had a chance to go to New Zealand. There's golf course after golf course after golf course. And in Japan, if you're just going to the major tourist areas and not getting out of the cities and not getting out to where the golf courses are, you may not realize how much golf is in Japan. But there's a lot. And uh, for me to have a chance, uh, I, I feel very lucky to have a chance to know so many greenkeepers in Japan and to get a chance to go around and see how they take care of the turf grass and to learn from them and uh, to collaborate with them on some some uh, projects, which is what I'm doing on this week, collecting a lot of data in Japan and uh, and then getting a chance to, to learn from it and then share that with you. That is a, a real treat for me. All right. I won't take up any more of your time. And I have some other things to do also. So I will sign off now. And of course, with the usual promise to be back again soon with more interesting turfgrass information. Thanks for listening for ATC from Kashiwa, Japan. I am Micah Woods. Bye-bye.